0: Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Communication in dentistry is something a lot of us might not feel that we're lacking in until we're actually faced with paying patients. We can find ourselves feeling like we're over explaining, we're selling and we're having patients leave saying things like they'll think about it. Today on the podcast, we have Dr Cheatham Capel and she shares some tips on communication and building rapport with patients. Her tips are efficient, practical, and they still come across as natural and show real empathy and care for the patient. Personally, being an over-explainer and known to be a bit chatty with patients, I learned so much from my chats with Chidham, and this episode is packed with some gems to help you get talking, stay on track, and communicate well with your patient.
1: I'd love to share with you some of the three, two or three things that, that I learned, like the common things that I learned. I think there's one really big one. If I had to be really succinct, I'd say the lesson is ask better questions and talk less. Now, you can imagine how hard it is for me. I'm a talker. But I think the biggest thing I learned was about how to structure my patient communication to get them talking more. So at our practice, we call this handing over the microphone. I want to ask open-ended questions to show my curiosity, my care, my real genuine interest. And the more someone talks about themselves, Mm -hmm. the more trust they have in you, the more ownership they have about the problems that they're describing, the easier everything becomes. The relationship is stronger. So for those dentists who are talkers like me and really struggled with this, these days I never let myself talk too much without stopping to let the patient chime in. So if I'm explaining a condition that they have and I'm talking for more than 20 seconds, I will stop and say, Am I making sense so far or is this something that you were aware of previously? Just stopping every now and then to ask them to chime in. Yeah, so just get them talking more.
0: Yeah, and what about for people, I guess, who aren't talkers, who are maybe on that other end of the spectrum? Yeah, yeah. So there are actually a great list of
1: open-ended questions you can jot down in advance. So if you actually had to write down exactly the subjects you'd cover and the questions you asked, they can be all of those what we call like drill down questions, you know, I always start with welcome Jane. I understand that you know you spoke to Amy our receptionist, and she said that something on the upper left has chipped, but if it's okay, I'd love to get you to start from the very beginning and tell me about your your past dental history, your experience, anything you've had done leading up to what it is that's bothering you now, and that's like. I lean back. I get my popcorn, mm-hmm. and I start listening. And as that patient's talking, I keep them. I keep them talking by probing in and drilling down into things that they said. I'm like, okay. And when did you first notice that? And has that changed since then? And I'm curious about what that felt like. And how, you know, how long ago did did that happen? So I want them to do the majority of the talking. So if I talk, it's only because I'm asking a question.
0: Yeah. No, I really like that. It sounds natural. It's not, you know, sometimes I think you go to these communication courses and you feel like you're getting a script and it just doesn't flow out. But I think what you said was really nice there. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're not a talker, you could literally just start with that opener, which I
1: do for everybody. Yeah. And let it naturally take its course because you will cover a lot of a lot of things. So the only thing you need to script or jot down is maybe an opener mm-hmm. and then other questions to keep them continuing to elaborate on yes. on their history. Yeah. It won't just be about clinical, you know, it'll go into their personal situation, their life, their job. It's really great for establishing a, a good relationship.
0: Yeah, definitely. And did you find when you first started out um, doing any observations with dentists within your practice to learn how other people did things? Was that helpful?
1: Oh, Oh, my goodness. It's like that's such a great question because absolutely, yes, I would recommend visit other dentists who are experienced or you know that they're great clinicians and they have a really strong patient base. Visit them and observe their communication style. You need to watch everything from their body language to their little, their little spiels or their ways of describing things, the analogies that they use, the questions they ask, how they, how they explain concepts, what tools they use. Do they use photos? Do they draw things? Do they have really, really simple, succinct ways to explain treatments and conditions? It's really, really hard to just come up with them on your own if you don't have that exposure. So, I would say visit as many dentists as you can. Most dentists are so are very happy to have a younger dentist, or, or they don't have to be young, any other dentist come in and observe. I certainly did that on my days off. I would, if I referred a patient of mine to a specialist, I would ask the specialist if I could attend that appointment as well. And I would sit back and watch not just what was being said, but how it was being said. And I picked up a lot of little spiels and yeah those little ways of saying things that were really cool
2: I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor and ask a question But how do you make the most out of your CPD? I think the first step is to make sure you've chosen the right CPD. And how do you know that unless you've seen it all? cpdjunkie.com.au is made so that all of the dental CPD in Australia and New Zealand is in the one place. We've got all of the webinars, all of the live courses coming up on the website, easy to find and easy to filter. And the second step, well, it's all in the free ebook on their website cpdjunkie.com.au, the home of Australian Dental CPD. Thank you for supporting dental students and graduates and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast.
0: Do you have a favourite dental analogy that you love when you get the opportunity to use? I definitely have a way of explaining every main
1: condition and every main treatment in a succinct sort of one sentence explanation. So it could be, so a crown is like a cover or a cap that protects and overlays the tooth so that it envelopes a split in that tooth so that when you chomp up and down, you can chomp knowing that it's unlikely to be split any further. Now, it's really hard for me to explain that just through words, but you can imagine that as I'm just as I'm explaining with my hands, it'll be different.
0: For everyone at home, I'm seeing some great hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> so it's making sense from my end.
1: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend um, write, write down like a little way of explaining everything from from perio, perio is actually a tricky one to explain, to actually I'm in the market for a new spiel for perio, so if anyone has one, please send it my way. Because <laughs> our patients don't understand what perio is, and they can't visualize what a pocket is or that it even exists. Yeah. You know, if you've ever flossed someone's teeth and let it slip into the pocket, they'll be like, oh my God, I didn't even know that place existed. So it's a hard one to describe.
0: Yeah. And it's not something that is as visual in a dental photograph or an intraoral photo as well. Yes. Yes. Then like a crack or a cavity or something like that. Yeah. And that might lead me nicely to my last
1: tip is because I'm, I'm such a visual communicator, absolutely utilize the power of photography. I cannot, that's the one thing, instrument that I cannot work without is a camera um, and I'm happy for that to be a DSLR camera or I simple, I use an intraoral camera a lot just because it's instant and yeah. really um, quick to explain things but um, uh, uh, communicating and knowing how to ex- use the power of photography to explain conditions really massively helps patients to take ownership of what they've been diagnosed with and there is absolutely, once they've understood that they have a condition, they have the control and the power to make a better t- decision for themselves.
0: That is so true. As soon as you show something to the patient, they are just like, oh, is that my tooth? It almost em- evokes that emotional reaction in them that I guess makes them want to do something. Yeah. And you can, you can, I mean, with the same principle, you can get them talking. If they say, "Ooh,
1: what, like, that's awful. You could say, well, what, I'm curious what made you say that or think that. And you know, you can also do things like, oh, oh another great tip is always point out an example of healthy tooth and why it's yeah. healthy. If you have a photograph of an entire arch, you can start by saying, do you see this? these three teeth here? Do you see their color, their shade, that creaminess coming through This is an example of a really healthy tooth and a really great filling and a really nice crown. So this is the kind of thing we're looking for. Now, can you see the difference over here in this tooth? And stop talking. Let them them say it. It's a principle called co-discovery. So it's being revealed to both you and the patient at the same time. Then you're not having to try to convince them of anything. You're co-discovering it together. Then the patient will be far more motivated to want to do something about it if they understand it.
0: Yeah, I love that. One question that I had about communication is, and you kind of touched on it at the start when you said you love to talk. And I think a lot of new graduates that are a bit talkative will come out and they'll be able to get on with patients and have a good chat, but they'll be wasting away minutes. And I think that there's, you know, you feel like you need to talk to the patient and find out everything about their life to build rapport with them. But in reality, that's not, always the case. Do you have any advice for a more effectively and efficiently gaining that rapport?
1: Yes. So I think oh, this is a really good topic of conversation. In the past, I used to be one of those people, I would, I would be overly friendly and spend too much time on social chit chat. If I'm really honest with myself, it was because I was overcompensating for my lack of, of of confidence or clinical skill, that I really wanted to make the patient like me. These days, you'll see me spend very little time on social chit chat, but I can basically express my care, my professionalism, my empathy in different ways. Okay, it's not just through social chit chat. So, a piece of advice I have is just know that the quality of the rapport and the relationship you have with your patient is absolutely not proportional to how much time you engage in social chit chat of course it's to some degree it's needed but you want to be remembered as being professional and a skilled dentist not just oh she's a really nice girl and you know she's so chatty so if you want to be perceived as compassionate as trustworthy as professional you can do this in other ways and it's usually around how much you you talk about the treatment. You can actually show passion for what you do by talking about them and their care. It's about the questions you ask. So I would say, think about it this way. If you're the kind of person that's probably spending 20 minutes of your appointment on social chit chat, just imagine what you'd expect from a medical consultant or a lawyer. Would you expect, if you paid for their time and you're paying top dollar for their time, and by the way, they're paying top dollar for yours, would you expect them to engage in 20 minutes of social chit chat i mean if you went and saw a, a cardiologist and they spent the first 20 minutes asking about your weekend you might you might find it a little bit weird so yeah. my f- absolute favorite professionals my lawyers uh, my accountant i think she's so amazing i value their expertise but, and i still really like them as a person so just remember you so that my little basically a really practical tip or or piece of advice is um when I see a new patient, I really just get stuck into throwing it to them and like tell me a little bit about you know your history, your dental history, this and that, and if they say something like, "Oh yeah, so I had this ground done seven years ago." and if they and I say, okay, was that was that here in um here in Sydney?" or you know they say, no, it was where is this from London where I'm from?" I'm like, "Oh great, so how long have you been here for, et cetera. So you can tie it in in other ways. I don't go too much into that. When I'm done with my collecting all my history and doing my pre-examination consultation, we start tipping the chair back. And I say, all right, so we're going to get started. We're going to do a really thorough exam, take some x-rays. I'm going to tip the chair back. And in the 15 seconds it takes from the chair to be upright to leaning all the way back, you'll often hear me ask a question like, so do you work locally around here? Or so how do you know Bob who referred you? Or... That's our chit-chat, chit-chat, chit-chat that time. And once they're laying back, I'll say that's fantastic. Yeah. And let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Don't assume that just because you've only spent 15 seconds talking about their personal lives that they're going to think you're uncaring. You can express care and compassion in so many other ways.